It is time to go deeper in God's Word. It's time to engage in truth. Here is Dr. Steve Ford and Pastor John Bornsheen. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornsheen. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. I'm here in the studio with Dr. Steve Ford. Dr. Ford, we are continuing in our wonderful study. I believe this has been a very convicting study thus far as we've gone through these 10 biblical warnings we need to stop ignoring. Now, Dr. Ford, we had intended over the last couple weeks to try to move a little bit quicker through this study. And what we have found is that we just can't do that. We, we can't give it the, the proper time and attention that these topics demand by just simply moving through them rather expediently. We started off with the study of never be lazy. And that was, uh, I think, rather convicting, not only for our listeners, but for me as well, that in everything we do, we are exemplifying, modeling the work that Christ Jesus did in every sphere around our lives, that we are fully given into doing good work in in our place of employment, with our family members, everywhere that we not impede anything or create a distraction from our testimony, that, that people look to us and say that that person is an individual of great character and integrity. It shows in everything they do. What is their story? What is their motivation? What's the cause that drives them to be so convicted in their daily living? And then, Dr. Ford, we shifted gears here into a very serious subject that seems to be very thematic right now across the airwaves. Uh, I know Dr. Dobson has really been covering this subject as well, but number two was avoid sexual temptation. And prior to the broadcast, we were laughing a little bit about this. It's a, it's one that's a really revealing of where we are as Christians because we look at the numbers, believe it or not. We're looking at, okay, how many people engaged in that particular week's program? So this topic of avoiding sexual temptation, I'll just go on record and say it. It was one of the lowest downloaded broadcasts we've ever had on this show. And yet we poured our heart and soul into it because it was such a powerful topic that needs not to be overlooked. This is something that's impacting everybody. So what that means is that as Christians, we don't think we're susceptible to that. It wasn't that people were listening and just didn't resonate with the message. They just didn't want to listen to that because we don't think that we're given into the temptation of sexual sin. And we don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, that's somebody else's problem. That's not my problem. That, that's that's uh, my neighbor down the road, the one I've been ministering to. They're the ones who have sexual temptation before them. And and so, Dr. Ford, I, I know that uh, we've got to continue on in our, our next really emphasis in this particular series that's going to be just as convicting as the other two. But I do find it fitting that we need to probably just touch on that a little bit, that these messages are not for individuals who are uh, going through a tough time. This is for believers who may think themselves put together, and that's when the greatest chinks are exposed. And so now we're going to be looking at repentance repenting of our sins, we have to be a people of repentance. That is not a one and done. This is a consistency of the Christian living. So, Dr. Ford, I, without further delay, I want to just always express my gratitude that you're here in the studio with me. You always bring such a wonderful wealth of, of knowledge and understanding of God's Word. So, welcome back, my friend. Oh, thank you, John. It is always so great to be here. We just enjoy our time together. Uh, loving the Lord together, and this is such a privilege, the opportunity that the Lord has given us with this show, and to reach out to 
people in the radio audience, and we really were just interested by those results uh, from the avoid sexual temptation. It reminds me, you know, Jesus, there's all those things that he taught, all the, the sort of inverses, you know, when you're weak, you're strong, and, you know, uh-huh. if you want to if you want to lead, you need to be servant of all. I think another one may be where you think you're strong may actually be where you're really vulnerable. That's right. So, you know, if we're going to look at something like sexual temptation or we think that we're sort of squared away there, uh, that's maybe something that we need to repent of and investigate a little bit more closely because that may be an area of particular concern and vulnerability for us. That's right. And I hope that as you listen right now to this program, and and we're so grateful that you've tuned in week after week to listen to this program, Engage in Truth. We want you to be convicted. I think that if we're going to go into God's Word, we have to have that expectation. It's going to sting a little uh, because we've probably acclimated a bit to the world at large. We've gotten a little complacent with the Word of God. Maybe this is your first time listening to this program, and so we'd like to encourage you. Go to calvaryfountain.com. There you'll find this podcast and more right there at your fingertips. You can go re-listen to the whole series, share it with your friends and family alike, Listen to it over and over again, not because we have anything of value to add, but because the Word of God is going to be a two-edged sword. We're short of that. It is going to cut into bone and marrow. It is going to reveal in us the areas where we think we're strong and actually we're quite weak in because our paradigm is still skewed. Even as Christians, we can have a thinking that has not been fully transformed by the washing and renewing of our mind. Praise be to God that we're going through the sanctification process, that we are being transformed in the likeness of the Son. That's what the Father is doing. He is putting us as the refiner's fire, purging out of us all of the toxins and the way of thinking of this world that he would see his own reflection. And that's a process all the way to the end until we graduate from this body and spend eternity with our Lord. So today, we want to give a proper amount of time to this, and we really could spend a number of weeks, I suspect, on this topic of being a people of repentance, repenting of our sins. So as we really continue on in this theme from last week, as we are really confronted with how we can be quite vulnerable in the area of temptation and and giving way to temptation in our lives, whether we're seduced by luxuries and treasures of this earth or sexual sin or whatever it might be, those temptations are all around us. Let's not pretend that they're not there. And and in our hearts, we could even have a, a sense of desire for these things, never address that. And the Lord calls that out. If you even think about such things, you've already given into that sin. That's where we have to be transformed by the washing and renewing of our mind. And now we're shifting gears here then about what do we do with that? How do you handle that? Because there are different types of sins after all. Uh, We do see that those secret sins dwell underneath the surface. Then we've got those private sins, and then we've got more public type of sins. And the secret sins, John Stotts talked about this, that the ones that were only the Lord knows, we need accountability partners. We need not pretend that they're not there because we know that they're there. And, And somehow we've perhaps not dealt with it rightly, even in a posture of repentance before God. This is a constant theme 
even for the early church. We need to be a people of repentance because there's a secret sins that are going on under the surface. The private sins were maybe one person has been impacted and you go to that person. Matthew 18 gives us some instruction on that. But then the public sins were maybe a whole family has been impacted. A lot of people at church might have been impacted. Uh, these things all have to be dealt with rightly. And that's really what we're going to with this subject of repentance. And we see that in 1 John Chapter 1, verse 9. Dr. Ford, if you have that one handy there, maybe just start off in verse 8. Sure. This is uh, 1 John 1, 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And then, of course, going into verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. So you get, you know, what a wonderful image there that first of all we're, we're let's just call it is what it is we are sinners we all fall short of the glory of god even right. we who are redeemed by the blood of the lamb james the whole epistle of james really calls out christians it's written to christians that they're thinking and acting like the world their words their behaviors they're being prone to wrath they even calls them adulterers and adulteresses Wait a minute. These are Christians right. that yeah. you're calling good that context. Yeah, they're, they're, but because they're acting like the harlot of Babylon when they're supposed to be the bride of Christ. You've got the wrong wardrobe on. You've got to behave in a becoming manner that Second Corinthians calls us to be ambassadors for Christ. So we spend a lot of time talking about that. But then we somehow, I think, get the wrong paradigm that when I repented of my sins, when I gave my life to Jesus, that that was all that was needed. Now, everything, all of my iniquity, he, he says in Hebrews, but at yeah. least twice, that he chooses to remember our sin no more. Yeah, I've even heard that preached right? as well. You know, I've heard preachers espouse that. Yeah, and, and I get what they're coming from in that, but the problem is then somehow that the one and done covers everything. What we also have to realize in this is we just read from verse John 1, 8 to 9, that there is a joy in the release of these things, yeah. that when we when we take off that heavy yoke of sin is a burden, it's exhausting. Yeah. I, I mean, we see scripturally, even in Proverbs, that you, there's a physical restoration, a healing that comes when the shackles of sin are removed from us. Basically giving us the image that our bodies are directly impacted by a spiritual reality. We often fail to, to correlate those two, that if I'm in darkness, wallowing in darkness, it doesn't just manifest itself by way of how I eat and my broken sleep patterns and my disintegration of relationships and tensions that brew up all around me. That certainly is a byproduct of that. But we also see a supernatural reality that without the joy of forgiveness and knowing that we've confessed these things and released these things to the Lord, it's like a festering wound. Yeah. It's a heavy burden that just breaks down even the bones of a person when it's not dealt with rightly. And this goes for Christians and even unbelievers, right? They Their first order of business as an unbeliever is repentance to accept Jesus Christ. But to believer, it is the freedom of the shackles of sin. Every single day we release those things. Yeah, I agree. You'll see that even you know with uh, psychology, psychiatry, with medicine and the mind-body connection. And even you know outside of Christian circles, they'll tell you that if you hold on to bitterness, it's basically trying to drink poison and hurt the other person at the same time. 
That's right. So, you know, it's really a self-inflicted wound. This this comes back and it has all the negative impacts that you were just talking about, not just, you know, spiritually on us, but emotionally, physically, all of those things. What we see in James chapter five, again, I'm, I'm big on James. I've yeah, been James quoting awesome. that one an awful lot lately. And I think it's because it's, it, it is a building epistle on the Sermon on the Mount and how fitting that is that the half-brother of Jesus who didn't believe at the time those words were preached uh, came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and understanding him as his Savior. We read that later on, after the resurrection, Jesus went directly to James. He'd become a key leader in the church there in Jerusalem. He was known as a man of great prayer. In fact, it's described that his knees were like camel's knees. He was so dependent on Jesus Christ, on the Holy Spirit, to guide and carry him through every day, that his knees became callous because he was spending so much time in prayer. And so as he would go, almost like walking through our ranks in a church, as like a uh, you know a commanding officer of some rank, and he certainly deserves it, really pointing out the issues in the church. You look too much like the world. You're acting like Laodicea. Knock it off. Yeah, let me Here's see what your you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I learned from our Lord, and I convey this to you, and he reiterates all of the teachings of Jesus taking directly from the Sermon on the Mount, attri- attributing it now directly to how you listen or your lack thereof. You're not listening. You're being prone to speaking too quickly. Be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to wrath. Be mindful of your words, this thing of the untamable tongue, and your living is likened unto the world. Stop it. And, and so I, I think when James, he addresses this powerful section that's often the go-to when it comes to prayer, and you see that in James chapter 5, specifically in verse 15, he says that he's not giving this blanket promise that every time we ask God for healing, that suddenly we'll just be healed. Instead, he's presenting this, what I believe to be a practical advice, that when it's God's will to grant healing, the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Now, in the event of unconfessed sin, that's the reason of this illness. He goes right into that. James wants believers to begin their prayer for healing with confession and repentance. Deal with that. He knows that turning away from evil will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones, according to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 8. And like David, whose hidden sin zapped him, if you will, of all strength and caused his bones to almost waste away, our sins left unconfessed can make us physically sick, according to Psalm chapter 32, verses 3 to 5. Only after receiving the Lord's forgiveness Will our prayers for healing be heard and answered, according to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14? So in this, we see this powerful healing that can happen. In fact, before the program, Dr. Ford, we were talking about the Lord's Supper illustration of the Apostle Paul when he was really addressing 1 Corinthians is a great uh, book, a guide for how the church is to operate. I mean, talk about one of the pit, the epistles that's necessary for how do we operate a church. You go to 1 Corinthians, and here he gives the instruction for how to implement the Lord's Supper. But then he gives this powerful section starting in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Listen to this. He says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Listen, verse 30, 
For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. So this self-examination that the psalmist cried out to, that he says, examine me, O Lord, right? This is a putting ourselves out there. I have all this unconfessed sin. It is leading to health problems, but I don't want to deal with the root. I just want you to deal with the symptoms, O Lord. Take away any of the afflictions of the flesh that are crippling me, but don't really go to the root where I have all this unconfessed and hidden sin in my life because I like dancing in Babylon while calling myself a bride of Christ. And the Lord will have none of that. He is going to purge all of that out of our systems. He loves us too much to let us do that. And so there's this freedom that comes when we confess our sin. And we see that, I believe, Dr. Ford, it might be Zachariah that's coming to mind here, where we see the throne or the judgment seat, and we have our parakletos there. We have the prosecutor in Satan who's trying to constantly throw before the Lord all of our fallacies, all of our sin, all of our immorality, kind of all in the same category there anyway. But he's trying to show that we are unworthy, and he is right. But when we have the joy of dealing with it with the judge, where it's not like there has to be this hidden manila folder off to the side. <laughs> you you took the stand, and you said this and this and this. But here's this folder that is just kind of flipped open and is sitting there. Nobody's read it yet, but you know what's in the folder. Right. And when you have the joy of just saying, you know what, you don't even have to read that. Let me just tell you exactly what I did. And now you, prosecutor, have no power to address that. Yeah. There's freedom in that. You've just rendered your prosecutor powerless against you because you dealt with it. And of course, there's going to be a physical ramification for that. No wonder the early church were called the repenters. Yeah. That's, that was a lifestyle. Be freed from these bondages. Now, can can you speak to for us just the difference between repentance unto salvation and the and repentance for restoration of fellowship and how those are different? Oh, boy, you're just talking about for a believer that has fallen away from right, truth. versus an unbeliever who actually is repenting and actually coming to salvation. Right, and then those two, that's sort of a, one is step one, right. right? A believer coming to the, an unbeliever now being saved, let's start there, and we see that in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Let's, let's at least read that one. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, in that, we see the wonderful restoration of, of a person who was on the conveyor belt headed to damnation, right, right into the hellfires uh, of, of Gehenna. Mm-hmm. That was their destination. They've now been drawn away, pulled off that conveyor belt, but they're not perfect. Right Now there is still the propensity to sin. We are still in the fallen flesh of Adam. And the Apostle Paul spoke to that a great deal. You need only go back to Romans chapter 6, even in chapter 7, talking about this body of death that's constantly in in contention with truth. Right. Holy Spirit's still in him. Holy Spirit's still in you and I. James addresses that, talking to Christians, and they often get wayward. They wander off. They start looking and acting like the world. And and so like the prodigal, you know, you come home to the Father, you're in a posture of repentance. So this constant theme of where he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. You are coming right back to the source. You're coming back to the living waters, even as a believer, and you're saying, I have tried to satisfy my thirst again in the world. I'm parched. 
I'm hungry. And we come back to the table of our Lord. He forgives us when we are truly repentant in heart. When we're just sorry that we got caught, that's not repentance. Repentance is turning away from that sin. Now, there's an earnestness. I know as a parent, I can tell the difference in my child. Right. If they're just upset by the punishment and they really haven't pondered why they got into trouble, and you can tell in their tone, their attitude, that there really is a remorse. There's, It's not just, I'm sorry I got caught. It's yeah. a, I am deeply burdened because, Dad, I never meant to break your heart. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to be mistake-free, error-free from that point forward. Of course not. And that's the love of our Abba Father who so loved us that he sent his only begotten Son. But he also chases down the one when that sheep wanders off from the pen and leaves a 99, he'll go and bring them back. That's the mercy of God. James talks about that. The more grace that keeps being poured out on the wayward ones. We see in, in 1 Corinthians where he says some of them are going to get in just like almost by the skin of their teeth. <laughs> that's, right. um, that's the love of our Father. And we go before the beam of seat, not condemned. We go before the beam of seat to deal with these matters at hand. And, and so this is the joy of the freedom that comes with dealing with each matter with the Father, with earnest repentance by way of the Son's righteousness upon us. We even have a voice before his throne room. There's freedom, there's newness given, and we walk in that newness every single day. So I believe it's Romans 8, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So for those who have accepted Jesus Christ, have repented, Mm. accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, there is now no condemnation so when we sin, it's really a loss of fellowship then. It's not like we have to keep, every time we sin, we're in danger of losing our salvation. So now we have to come back and make sure that we're still saved, you know, that right. sort of a thing. But it's more that we have, have negatively impacted our fellowship with our Heavenly Father. We've grieved our Heavenly Father, just like you said, sort of between a parent and a child. There's, you know, when the child is unrepentant, there's, uh, there's something wrong with the relationship between parent and child. And until that child does repent, then, then fellowship is restored. But that, that child has not stopped being yours, and you have not stopped loving them. Right. But there's just some impairment of the relationship. And I don't know about you, Dr. Ford, but I have enough challenges in the world to have a friction between me and my father. <laughs> right. I want the fullness of his blessing. Amen. I want the fullness of his presence, the joy that comes when you have close proximity and intimacy with him, that you're not battling on your own. And now, granted, it, it again, I keep coming back to the prodigal son illustration, but the father was there still looking for the son. The father didn't go anywhere. It's the son who wandered off. It's us who wander off. Yeah. And it's because we have betrayed the heart of our father, because we have come against uh, the allegiance we proclaimed in Jesus Christ when we wandered back into the world. It's up to us now to come in humility, in a contrite spirit, ask earnestly for that forgiveness of sin, acknowledging what we've done. Be specific. Don't don't do a blanket statement. You know, I did some bad stuff. Okay, let's move on. That's not dealing with the issue. And, and I think the more specific we can get, the more we can humble ourselves in the process that it is more earnestly felt, not only in the heart of our Father, but in us. Yeah. We realize just how broken we are, the more specific we are, and, and then we render the enemy powerless against us. Because now there's not something left undone. It's not the hidden file off to the side. We just haven't dealt with that because that becomes a heavy yoke. You know, it is the festering wound that starts off rather small and starts to become, it grows and it it impedes us in our walk with him. And we feel dirty and shame filled 
to where we no longer pursue a righteous living because we've not dealt with that matter. That's the joy in repentance. It's not to break us and to hurt us. He wants us to feel the joy of release that comes with that Amen. repentance, that we walk in the newness of that fellowship, and we almost come out of that prayer closet feeling like we've taken a shower, right. we've got a new wardrobe <laughs> on, yeah. yep, and we've dealt with all those wounds, the yeah. brokenness between Such us and him, and we come out on fire for the Lord, and we're ready to take on the day, yeah. and we know that the enemy has now had duct tape put over his yep. mouth. Resist him and he will flee. That's right, yeah. Be- because now it's like, what is he going to say? You've right. already dealt with it with the Lord. <laughs> right, exactly. Nothing's left. Uh, unaddressed here right. now if other people so are impacted in this and matthew 18 then certainly applies to that then we have the responsibility to go deal with that matter too that's the joy that comes if i acted unbecoming of a christian in front of my wife or my children the joy then is for number one for me to address that matter with the lord secondly then to address the matter with the people that were impacted by my bad attitude or whatever decision i made that impacted them they then see the repentant heart in action the contrite humble spirit they then are empowered by my demonstration of humility because i come under the authority of god and now healing can ensue throughout the ranks as a cascading effect of obedience that's the joy that comes in repentance so i think we need to make it clear that repentance is a wonderful thing it's a gift according to romans chapter 8 and it's a freeing thing. It's a healthy thing. It needs to be practiced on a daily basis, but don't make it a legalistic practice. Do so because you understand you've hurt the heart of the one who gave everything for you. And then you'll know the joy of being set free. That's right. So, Dr. Ford, we're out of time. We thought we might get through more today, but we see that the need to understand repentance is so great. So we want to thank you for listening to Engage in Truth today and encourage you to come back again next week. If you want to listen to this broadcast and others like it in the series, go to calvaryfountain.com, and there you'll find this broadcast and more. And if you're looking for a fellowship of believers to worship with, come check us out on Sundays. We worship at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. together. We hope to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.